where I am now is, is just written all over my stomach. I always think back to um, that boy calling me a fat lard and I just look at myself in the stomach now with like nothing but pride. Hey folks, welcome to Gut Feeling, a belly talk podcast with me, Noelle Ford, she, her, pronouns. So what the hell is... In 2021, I began the very sexily named refeeding process to recover from an eating disorder. I needed to be brave, eat things that scared the hell out of me and allow my body to grow. With each terrifying bite, I donned my headphones and listened to stories from fat justice writers like Aubrey Gordon and Sabrina Strings. Their stories supported me when I wanted to give up and go back to starving. And now, as I continue to recover, I've earned a soft belly that I do not know how to love. And I realize we need belly stories, stories that humanize and celebrate the belly, a story that can be stories that humanize and celebrate the belly. A belly story can be about someone's relationship to their physical belly or the gut-brain connection, the literal neurological response we have in our stomachs. Think butterflies in your tummy. Centering on radical self-love, belly talk is our space to love on the belly and the people who have those bellies. When I talk, I'll put it near me and then I'm going to kick it. All right. So here we go. Today, I have got an awesome belly story for you coming from Alyssa Wernicke. So Alyssa Wernicke, do you want to just describe your, like who you are briefly? Um, you can plug anything you want, your website or your Instagram, whatever you're feeling. So uh, who are you? Sure. Um, again, my name is Alyssa Wernicke. I am 31 years old. I am a public school teacher. Specifically, I teach elementary special ed. I am a brand new mom, worked very hard to become a brand new mom um, to a beautiful four-month-old baby girl. Um, I'm a wife, which is just so low on the total ball. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's that's pretty much who I am. Yeah, right on. And she's hilarious. So what made you decide to talk about your belly today? Um, Well, uh, my body, specifically my belly, have been through so much trauma and and growth and all the different things but I think more importantly um, we're kind of approaching a new wave of women being brave and I just wanted to be a part of that oh well I'm so glad and so I guess like I, I kind of want to know like for you what is a belly story you um I think it's probably a little bit of both um I mean, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's more like how I look and how I feel about myself and just kind of everything that I've been through and that has gotten me to the point of just truly appreciating the wonderful things that my stomach in particular, um, you know, along with my body have, have been through and, and given me and kind of been very, you know, been very resilient. I'm just going to let you take it away. This is your time to talk about the story of your belly. Okay. I guess, well, I guess if we're going to talk about 
you know, the insecurities that I'm sure every woman and every, probably every person has felt about their, their body. I think it probably started in middle school with, you know, like the love of my life <laughs> called me a fat lard in computer class. <laughs> And I have to say that I'm still very close with this person and we talk about it a lot. And this particular young man was also not, you know, the perfect specimen. So we laugh about it now and it was a, it's, it's fine. It's water under the bridge, but that kind of, I, that's like my first memory of like feeling very insecure about myself. And that led to me sneaking into my parents' room and like, weighing myself on a scale and like looking at some arbitrary number that I didn't even know what was appropriate for that age, but just obsessing about it. And, um, you know, you fast forward through, fast forward to college and I was an athlete in high school and I kind of was able to eat whatever I want and maintain, you know, my peak body type and whatever, but, um, you know, always still kind of felt like wasn't good enough so anyway so I moved moving on to college the next thing that I kind of went through that was really difficult was I had come home from college and there's just like a lot of whispers and rumors and like my friends and family like oh she gained that freshman 15 and, and like I played a sport in college but I also had a lot of freedom and if you know me, you know, growing up, we had cottage cheese, eggs, and milk in our refrigerator. <laughs> and that's just, it just, my mom kept food out of the house because it was a temptation. So anyway, I just remember my parents um, asking me to sit down with them in the living room and they wanted to like talk about my weight. And coming from two very fit and athletic parents, I just felt that they were so ashamed of me, especially like at family gatherings and like, you know, my sister and my cousins and they're all just very beautiful. And I just felt like the odd one out. Mm-hmm. And I, and I do kind of feel like the odd one out now, but I but anyway, so it's just like, you know, then in my adult life, I found a man who thinks I'm beautiful no matter what. And yeah, I mean, yes, we've had times where we're just like, are we eating, are we eating the best or are we doing as much as we could? But he'll tell you now, like, he doesn't care what I look like. I'm beautiful no matter what. And like, I don't need his approval to feel good about myself because of what I've been through. So in 2017, we started thinking about having kids and we weren't actively trying. There was no goal Mm-hmm. I should say there was no goal. <laughs> there was no goal involved. <laughs> Go on. So um, about a year went by and and nothing, you know, was was happening. And, and I was like, I think I need to go see a reproductive endocrinologist. And yeah, we were going to need some intervention, whether it was you know low tech or high tech, we didn't know. But at that point, we weren't able to afford whatever path that was. So I was like, I don't know. I can't imagine kids not being in my future. So I'm going to go back to school, become a teacher. That's how I kind of changed profession. And then once I, um, we had gotten, had had some kind of savings to start this, um, the fertility treatments, I, I fell pregnant with our second IUI, our little 
her little angel baby. Um, What's IUI? IUI. It's intrauterine insemination. Okay. Turkey based method. (laughs) (laughs) That's just just easy. Yep. Mm -hmm. You just kind of wait for the right time and just squirt some guys up. So, um, yeah. So got pregnant. Um, Over the moon. It, you know, we didn't have to go high tech. So, you know, my, you know, as bodies do, they change and I got pregnant and, and I started growing a baby and it's, um, it, it, I mean, it changed my life and it will have forever changed my life. I got sick unknowingly while I was teaching and ended up passing on this, um, some kind of an illness and I don't know what, I don't know if it's a disease or whatever, but it's a virus, a virus, passed on this virus and, I lost our daughter at 22 weeks, which was really hard because I, you know, like I still have those stretch marks of her being in my stomach. At so I, I delivered her and spent some beautiful time with her. Um, and then we kind of. What was her name? Adelina. Yeah, she was named after my great-grandmother. And then her middle name, Rosemary, was the combination of my two grandparents, my two grandmothers. So anyway, so she's a huge part of our lives still. We talk about her all the time and think about what would have been. Um, But then um, a few months later, we decided we were going to give IVF a shot because we had done a couple more IUI cycles and it just. And that's in vitro fertility. Yes. The, the next couple IUI cycles didn't work and we were just kind of growing impatient. Um, so we did IVF, which was so terrible. It was terrible for me. A lot of people have really positive experiences with going through the stimulation process, which is like when they, you inject yourself full of hormones to make your ovaries um, produce a lot of eggs that then they, that they then like pull out of you. I overstimulated. I was I overresponded to the hormones, and I looked <laughs> nine months pregnant at the end of it. And I have more stretch marks from that. And then um, I did do a retrieval. But I guess I should say before we had to do all this, I ended up having some kind of uterine anomaly. Um, that I wanted to have corrected before we got pregnant, just because I was fearful of losing another child. So I have like an incision from that on my stomach. Mm. So that's another like marker in this journey to have a child and my like fertility journey um, that is written all over my stomach. But um, so I have several incisions from that. And then um, they did the retrieval and then we had to wait a little bit before we put an embryo in because I had cysts and all the, all the things like just one barrier after another. Um, but my little frozen embryo, the first one they put in, <laughs> um, turned into my new four month, beautiful baby daughter. Uh, her name is Mia, Mia Kathleen. And she, uh, I carried her for 38 weeks. We did an early induction um, because she was enormous, um, like her mom. (laughs) I would say just like the story of where I am now is is just written all over my stomach. I always think back to 
um, that boy calling me a fat lard. And I just look at myself in the stomach now with like nothing but pride because I, like I have, like people call them tiger stripes. I have those tiger stripes and I have scars and I had a C-section and I have stretch marks and it makes me happy because of the life I created, both lives. I created two lives. Like my body morphed and did miraculous things and I'm not going to be anything but proud of that. Especially when we worked so hard to get here. We didn't know if it was ever going to be here. Like Mm -hmm. we were ever going to be parents and and just have the joy that we have now. That's my very long-winded explanation. No, that's beautiful. Thank you. And I think my last question for you is if you could go back to that like college girl at the table with your Mm -hmm. parents, what would you want her to know? Um that it's okay it's okay to be insecure and it's okay to embrace those insecurities but don't let them be be you you're not you're not that's not all you are mm-hmm. you know like it's human it's human to be insecure about things it's it's human to have fault it's human to be imperfect but wouldn't we all wouldn't it be so boring if we were all the same Yes. I, I mean, we, it, everything would be so boring. And and yes, like, you know, to this day in my back of my mind, I'm like, are my parents like, you know, are they asking me to go for a walk with the dogs because they want me to get out and move or do they want to spend time with me? And, and I would say, I would probably, I would probably want to ask them why they felt it was so important. Mm-hmm. To, to to talk to me about that because it wasn't unhealthy I mean I just wasn't the athletic teenager that I was I was a woman yeah with a body yes so I just I I don't know I don't know but yeah, yeah just imperfect is perfect yes thank you so much no problem <laughs> that was beautiful want to see Alyssa's beautiful belly Want to tell your own belly story? Go to bellytalkblog.com and like and subscribe here to Gut Feeling Belly Talk Podcast so you can hear about another belly soon. Have a great day and remember, your belly is beautiful. Shut the door so I can do this recording. Ah! This recording. I tripped.